Hi, I'm Pastor Lori Boucher, and I want to personally welcome you to the HeartStrong Discipleship Podcast. Are you ready to study the Bible together chapter by chapter? If you go to heartstrong.life and sign up for a free membership, you will get access to the full Bible reading plan and all the bonus discipleship content that we have prepared for you. Open up your Bible and get ready to take some notes because God is going to speak to you today. Let's become heartstrong disciples together through the study of God's Word. Good morning, everybody. Uh, it's good to be here this morning and yes, to soak in the sun. So um, I pray that you guys are all ready to feast at the table of our Father with spiritual manna. Um, I'd like to start with the memory verse found in John 1, 4, verses 15 to 19. And today I'll read it from a different um, Bible version. So sometimes I just like to go from one to the other and just see some nuances that helps us out. So um, it will be taken from the New Living Translation, I believe. So all who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. As we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here on this world. Such love has no fear, because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced this perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. The resources that I have used uh, was the ESV Study Bible, Enduring Word, In Touch Ministries, and Christianity.com. Today, um, if I try to resume this, this chapter, is we're going to be reading about Moses and his family and the special connection that he has uh, with his father-in-law and how Moses, just like André this morning, uh, took every opportunity to glorify God and everything that God has done and what the Israelites have been through. And also how um, listening to his father-in-law Jethro's advice um, that has brought increased his capacity to lead. I also want to take some time to uh, think about um, the community. So this this chapter is really about community. And just as the various parts of the body um, have in different function, the body of Christ is composed of individuals uh, that have different gifts and services. So uh, we'll talk about how we can um, connect together as a body. So let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we just want to take this time to stop and praise your name, to honor you, Lord, to remember how faithful you are, how gracious you are, how loving you are, and how you fulfilled your justice with grace and mercy. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for us, and thank you for making a way for us that we may come together and feast at that table that you have prepared for us in the presence of our enemies, that we may praise you and worship you. Thank you for the spiritual manna that we're having this morning and for the 
privilege that we have to be together in community. Lord, open our, our, our mind um, and give us understanding and open our hearts to receive what we're hearing and help us uh, to put in actions all of the great nuggets that you will give to each and every one of us today. We praise you and we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'd like to start with verses 1 to 7. So Jethro, the peace of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people, how the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Now Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, had taken Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her home along with her two sons. The name of the one was Gershom, and he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. And the name of the other, Eleazar, for he said, the God of my father was my help and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his son and his wife to Moses in the wilderness, where he encamped at the mountain of God. And when he sent sword to Moses, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and her two sons with her. Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and bowed down and kissed him. And they asked each other of their welfare and went into the tent. Moses had that special connection with Jethro. And even though um, he was raised in all of the wisdom and education of Egypt, Moses uh, perhaps learned more about his real leadership from the priest and the shepherd Jethro, whose flock Moses tended until he, call, he was called at Sinai. And though he was a leader of a nation, Moses honored Jethro both as his father-in-law and as a legitimate priest of God. So his position of leadership did not make Moses proud. Together, the name of Gersom and Eleazar told the story of Moses' life. I was a stranger there, but God is my helper. So the two names also describe what was happening to the nation of Israel. Like Moses, Israel were a stranger in Egypt, but God was their helper. He saved them from Pharaoh's sword. And we make the same transition when we come to faith in Jesus Christ. We moved from sin with all of the alienation it brings to salvation, in which we acknowledge God as our only help. We'll read um, 8 to 12. Then Moses told his father-in-law what the Lord had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, and all of the hardship that had come upon them in the way, and how the Lord had delivered them. And Jethro rejoiced for all the good that the Lord had done to Israel, in that he had delivered them out of the land of the Egyptians. Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh, and he has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptian. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods, because in this affair they dealt arrogantly with people. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and sacrifice to God. And Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. 
I saw the amount of time that Jethro was, um, his name was real uh, related to Jethro's Moses' father-in-law and the relationship that he had. And although I was reading through a lot of study Bibles, nothing was really conclusive. But one of the things that they were saying is that they were showing that he was, Jethro was a legitimate priest and the connection that he had with uh, Moses, which was beautiful. So 8 to 12, conversation concerning God's wondrous work is good. So I love the fact that as soon as Moses came, he came and he kissed his father-in-law. They sat together and they had this beautiful communal time um, where they hurried and, and Moses praised the Lord. So what I mean by hurry, he hurried to praise the Lord, to just say of all of his goodness, a little bit like Henri did this morning. So thank you for this appetizer to our morning together talking about all the goodness that God has done in Israel, standardized were more affected with the favor that God had shown to Israel than many who actually received them. So Jethro, in this moment, Jethro gave all the glory to God. And so whatever we have, the joy of having and doing and seeing God must be the one we praise in all circumstances and so when Jethro brings a burnt offering and sacrifice to eat before God with Moses, Aaron, and the elders, he prefigures the pattern of life that the Lord will reveal further in Mount Sinai, uh, as we're going to see in Deuteronomy. So our testimony of God's power and wisdom and goodness serves our family, and not just in this way, though, through us, um, God can use us so that they may know the Lord and how good God is. And in this way, we can be used so that um, they may hear the supreme instance of God's power in Jesus Christ. So my first question of the day is, do we seek every opportunities in our days to praise the Lord openly for who he is and what he has done for us? Now, verses 13 to 26. The next day, Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that the Jews um, saw, all that what he was doing for the people, he said, what is it that you're doing for the people? Why do you sit alone and all of the people stand around you from morning till evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, they come to me and I decide between one person and another. And I make them know the statutes of God and his laws. Moses' father-in-law said to him, what, are you, what you're doing is not good. You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out, for the things is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. Now open my voice, I will give you advice, and God be with you. He shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God, and you shall warn them about the statutes and the law, and make them know the way in which they must walk <clears throat> and what they must do. Moreover, look for able men for all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe, 
and place such men over the people as chief of thousands, of hundreds, of fifty, and of tens. And let them judge the people at all times. Every great matter they shall bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide themselves. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, God will direct you, and you will be able to injure all this people also will go to their place in peace. So in his advice, Jethro upholds Moses's role as the one through whom Israel would know the statutes of God and his law, while also helping him find a faithful and workable way to have others bear the burden of judging the people, thus ensuring the people's well-being. It wasn't that Moses was unfit to hear their dispute, and it wasn't that he didn't care about their dispute. It wasn't that the job wasn't beneath him, and it wasn't that the people didn't want Moses to hear their dispute. The problem was simply that the job was too big for Moses to do. His energies were spent unwisely, and justice was delayed for many Israels. Wisdom is profitable to direct that we may neither content ourselves with less than our duty nor tasks ourselves beyond our strength. Moses had to find a way to share the burden in order to make the most of his energy and gifts while allowing others to operate in their sweet spots as well. Delegation is the exercise of leadership not the abandonment of it. Proverbs 1.5 says, Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. This provision of grace through the aid of believing leaders would continue to be God's pattern for life in ministry. And so, in the New Testament, Jesus gathers groups of disciples with different levels of access and responsibilities. 3, 12, 72. The apostles appoint deacons to serve. And again, the apostle, like Paul, appoint deacons to serve tables while they preached and prayed. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders in every city in which they labor and they take along ministerial assistance on their journey. And so just as the various parts of the body have different functions, so the body of Christ is composed of individual members whose gifts and service are meant to benefit the whole community. Believers fill a wide range of roles, such as prophesying, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leading, showing mercy, and so often at church, we hear and we are telling you that you are all making a difference, that every part is needed. And there's, it's not a coincidence where God has placed you, the time that you've been born, where you live, and the purpose that God has for you in this time and in this season. So my next question to you is, have you identified your spiritual gifts? Do you know how the Lord is using you? And if so, 
How is serving different when you serve within the realm of your spiritual gift versus outside of it? So those are the two questions. And if you don't know, if this is kind of the first time you're hearing about spiritual gift or you're not too sure and you haven't done it, um, I want to put a plug with the fact that we're going to be having um, life track coming up soon. And if you haven't taken it, that's a good time to take it. But also, if you wanted to, um, there's this link, which is um, churchgrowth.org, and they have a spiritual assessment tool there that you can take. And it's pretty, um, pretty interesting. And there's also going back to um, in archives in our services where Pastor Jason spent the summer talking about our spiritual uh, giftings. So in Moses's method of administration, some had higher position than others, yet God honored the faithful service of the rulers of tens as much as the service of the rulers of thousands. Some believers considered certain roles in the church more appealing than others, but every gift of the Holy Spirit is essential, as we see in 1 Corinthians 12 verses 17 and verses 21. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an answer, where would the sense of smell be? The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the hand cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. And so I just want to put the importance again on the fact that you are all so important. We are also important in the body of Christ and you make a difference. And making a difference is also coming from a place of giving back to God as an offering, the gift that God has given us. I was watching a message from Louis Giglio this week. And while he was speaking about the renewing of our minds, he made a comment from an advice that he received actually from John Maxwell. And I will paraphrase it this way, but he said, when we get up in the morning, we have to remember that we have enough in Christ. Christ is enough for us. Um, it's not just a song. Christ is enough. In him, we find everything. And we are also enough in him. So we don't need to try to strive. We don't need to try to that fear of not being enough. We are enough in Christ. And so when we stand on the blessed assurance of the hope that we have in Jesus, when we stand on the blessing assurance that God has provided all that we need for today, then we can focus on how we can bring value to someone else's life that may not know Christ or understand that Christ is enough and that they are enough in him. And I just thought it was very powerful. And so my last question to you would be, how do you view your contribution to the local body? God wants us to experience authentic freedom and he designed us for community. And while it sounds paradoxical that the freest Christians are those who live in interdependence, they use their spiritual gift to the particular task that God gave them, thereby blessing the whole body. And like Pastor Jason says, we are all called to make a Jesus-sized difference. And I pray that you see that in the life and in the gifting that God is giving you. And I know that I'm finishing a little bit earlier, but I'd like us to pray and then maybe spend a little bit more time 
answering these questions. Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much that throughout the scripture from the Old Testament to the New Testament, we can see you, we can see your fingerprints, we are being reminded of your faithfulness, of your grace, of your mercy, of the cost that you had to pay for us and the price of salvation. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for healing us. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for restoring us. And thank you for the plan and the purpose that you have for each and every one of us. Lord, as we are going about today, thank you for the opportunities that you will set before us that we may praise you and glorify you in all circumstances and for all the challenges that are going to come today lord thank you for reminding us that without you we are completely hopeless that we are 100 dependent of your grace and your mercy thank you as well for helping us in those challenges or in any circumstances to build a bond, the character, and being each and every day a little bit more like you. Help us surrender to the cross and just come with a heart of gratefulness and gratitude for who you are and what you do. We praise you, Lord. We honor you, and we thank you for the body and for the community. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's Bible study. Don't forget to visit heartstrong.life to access our daily blog for even more encouragement. Visit the HeartStrong shop with all kinds of awesome merch like hoodies, t-shirts, and mugs to remind you of this awesome journey of discipleship that you are on. Log in to heartstrong.life to access all your member content, resources, and downloads. We have live Bible studies for adults, students, and a Bible bootcamp for kids. Let's become HeartStrong disciples together.